You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears are currently over the salary cap for 2021, which means they have to make some moves to clear some salary space just to get back to zero, let alone making room to re-sign Allen Robinson or trade for a big-name quarterback. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. On the show today, we'll be joined by Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. He is the salary cap expert. He's going to help us break down some of these Bears contracts and figure out where they can make some salary cap room without completely overhauling the roster. So we'll talk Khalil Mack, Kyle Fuller, Akeem Hicks, Robert Quinn, all the big names, the most expensive guys, and figure out, okay, who can they work with a little bit? Who do they have to just move on from? And where can they find some money to potentially afford Allen Robinson and Russell Wilson? We're going to talk NFL contracts, but I promise we're not going to get too bogged down in the numbers, right? This isn't going to be an all-math podcast. It's more about figuring ways to move the pieces around a little bit here and move the money around to create that space right now and pay for it in the future. Joining us now on the Locked On Bears podcast is Brad Spielberger. You've heard him on this podcast before. He's sort of the salary cap expert for pro football focus, and he's been a, a regular uh, on 670 The Score this time of year. Brad, I know it's kind of your regular season for this. I appreciate you making some time with us. Uh, when when does this really pick up the most for you? Yeah, thanks for having me on, man, of course. Um you know, I feel like I like I like coming on all year, but I guess you know this time of year is is busier. Um, March fifteenth is when it's really going to pick up. Uh, that's the first day of the the legal tampering window. I'm not sure why that's still a thing or, or what that even means, but uh, so you can you're going to hear about deals on the fifteenth, and then the first day where deals become official uh, is March seventeenth. So you know, about a week and a half away. Well, of course. You're a, uh, a Chicago Bears kind of guy, so that's where some of your focus ends up being a little bit. And as I look at this Bears salary cap, I guess, situation as a whole, as I look at the contracts of the guys they have right now, and of course everyone entering for agency, like where where does all the money go? Because, you know, Khalil Mack is a $26 million cap hit. It's like 14% or whatever, and Kyle Fuller's at like 10%. But, like, it doesn't feel like they have, like, a bunch of money tied up right now in 2021 like how does this bears salary cap table right now as far as where their contracts are like how does that compare to other teams around the nfl in terms of like are do they have an inordinate number of dollars invested in like just a few players like it doesn't feel like it's all concentrated at the top and yet there there's no cap space left so how would you how would you compare just just this year not the long-term salary cap health but like the 2021 cap hits of the Bears compared to other teams in terms of like concentration or how it's spread out about among players? Yeah, so the Bears have $118 million currently allocated to the defense on the salary cap. Uh, the next highest team is the Eagles at 106. Um, they've obviously begun chopping some guys. Um, but yeah, so, so it's all, it is in the defense. And then I think when, 
you look at Khalil Mack's number and you know his overall, you know, is 23 and a half million per year. If, if that number is kind of in your head and you also say, okay, it's a $26 million cap hit, but I know that quarterbacks are now making 40. His cap hit is still ninth in the NFL, like among all players. So you essentially have a quarterback cap hit on, on your cap. Um, and then Kyle Fuller, I, I did. A, it's not numbered, so I'll admit I just counted down a list, but I think he's 30th uh, on this list I'm looking at overthecap.com where you can find all these beautiful things. But, yeah, so you have two top 30 cap hits in the NFL um, on defense and then just a lot of other, you know, expensive defensive players. Um, and I would also say, too, is that you got to recognize that, like, mid-tier guys add up pretty quickly. Like, a lot of rosters are constructed where it's, like, a couple top tier, like maybe the Rams, and it's just straight, like, rookie contracts. Not You know, not across the board, but, you know, pay seven or eight guys and then do that. Um, the Bears, you know, they have, like, probably seven or eight or six or seven expensive guys, but then also, you know, that, that strong middle tier. So, I know, you, you'd think they'd have more space without a quarterback or a wide receiver one under under contract, but uh, they do not. Yeah, that's been sort of the, the consequence. I mean, some of it has been the result of drafting well and then having to pay some of those players that have dra- – the, the players that they have drafted well. I wouldn't say overall there's some mixed results there. And then, of course, big spending in free agency. But, but since you mentioned Kyle Fuller, I want to start there because uh, a $20 million cap hit definitely puts him uh, up in that top tier of NFL cornerbacks. And at this point, we kind of know he's not – top five cornerback in the NFL. He's a very good starting cornerback, but not a top five cornerback. But he's one of these guys that has two void years on his contract left after 2021. Uh, For those who aren't familiar, could you sort of explain the void year concept a little bit? But also, like, because they're void years, could the Bears, if they didn't work out any kind of contract extension, could they take him into 2022 on this contract, even though it's technically in the books as a void year, as a, you know, even with a a tiny kind of cap number that it is like, is he legally under contract, even if they don't work out an extension beyond 2021? Yeah, nope. So, so the the purpose of a void year um, in its simplest form really is that, as you mentioned, he has those little $1.5 million cap hits in each of 2022 and 2023. And basically the reason those void years were created was to hold those, prorated bonus amounts uh, that was from his restructure bonus but it came from the signing bonus as well um and, and so basically teams add on dummy contract years to just make it so the current year cap hit is lower by stashing some money in, in later you know years that do not exist and so it's called void because um on a certain date before the 2022 league year actually begins what's going to happen is the deal the contract's going to void so no he cannot like be he's not under contract for 2022 essentially um, you know, to put it in the, you know, uh, you can say that he's not under contract. So that's why this is in effect. He's going into the final year of his deal and why I think um, an extension probably makes a lot of sense. Um, and also I should, I should add the void years were added um, on the restructure. So, you know, he obviously signed a deal with green Bay, but then in the restructure, the bears, it was, it was, you know, um, in a way pushing money down the line, but also kind of re- redoing a contract. Um, so I think an, an extension here potentially could have been not known you never know what's going to happen but kind of considered going into it um, if not a restructure that they maybe would extend him uh, at this time as you look at I mean obviously the Bears have to create some salary caps but they just don't have enough to sign basically anybody at this point is that kind of number one on your list as far as like here's what I'm expecting the Bears to do to create more salary cap yeah, so I think you wouldn't cut him you if you didn't want to if you couldn't agree to a deal with him, you know, and you were going back and forth and it just was not working out, and you didn't want to carry him into the final year of the deal, um, you trade him. I think you probably pet, fetch a third or a, or a fourth round pick. Um, you know, it's like you said, he's not one of the best cornerbacks, but he's still a very solid corner. 
um, you know, ha hasn't missed a, like a time at all really the last several years now. So he's been durable. Um, and I always say, you know, he plays, you know, soft zone, he, uh, you know, an off man coverage. So he's not, and he's not super reliant on speed or anything like that. So I know folks, you know, kind of think of cornerback and they think of guys that kind of fall off pretty quickly, but I, I don't know if that'll be necessarily fit his style of play. Um, so I'd probably extend him. Yeah. Long, long story short. Uh, I think you give him two or three new years. Um, you know, maybe he only plays three of those years or, or whatever the case may be, but um, he's, he's still a very good player and seems like an important cog in this, uh, this defense. Um, so yeah, I would keep him around. Yeah. That feels to me like the strategy for most of these bears players, even the ones with the big salary cap numbers, but we'll go through some of the other contracts, including maybe an unpopular player or two and how to handle their salary cap space and just how much they're worth next on Locked On Bears. Free agency is going to bring a sea change of odds over at betonline.ag, especially as I look at the NFL futures with odds for the next Super Bowl and all the division winners for 2021. All it's going to take is one big free agent signing by some team, and all of a sudden the money is going to start shifting in other directions. So now's the time to lock in your bets where the odds stand right now. And betonline.ag is the number one place we recommend and the number one place we trust for all your sports betting needs. Of course, they've got NFL odds, but they've got college football, even Canadian football, NBA basketball, baseball, golf, hockey, martial arts, soccer, tennis, you name it, they have odds at betonline.ag. So sign up for a free account today and enter our promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're here with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, breaking down all things Chicago Bears salary cap. So, Brad. When you hear people talk about or, or float out the possibility of just releasing Akeem Hicks to save what I think is like $10.5 million in cap space, your reaction when you hear that idea is what? Why? I, just like, why? Do you, I, I don't know. I think, again, it's probably every fan base. And I, I've learned this, and I'm getting better, and I'm being nice for Bears Twitter, uh, if you're listening, which I hope you are. Um, every fan base has every reaction to everything, but I do feel like something the Bears fans do is we go from like zero to a hundred, where a guy is either the best defensive tackle in the league, or for Eddie Jackson's case this offseason, he was the best safety in football. I was told for three years in a row, and now it's like, can we cut him? And like he's he's garbage. And I like Akeem Hicks like had a good year, but maybe didn't have a great year, and now it's like they can trade. Also, they can trade Akeem Hicks if they don't want to keep him around, which I think they probably do. Um, but yeah, definitely don't need to cut him. So my, my reaction is just why people just just look look, look deeper. I mean, it's, it's a good player. Um, <laughs> but I think again with him, I would say he's more likely to be traded. To be honest, if I had to guess between the two, um, I would say he's more likely to be traded. Uh, and I think they're getting a fifth, uh, probably round pick as as the top pick there. Um, but I think they also will find a way to keep him aboard with an extension. Yeah. So like bigger picture here, you know, I think we're. The, I think somebody reported. I don't remember which. ESPN insider was it Ian Rappaport they all kind of blend together nowadays but like somebody was reporting that the Bears are expected to make significant salary cap moves you know to free up cap space over the next you know seven to 14 days before free agency or whenever things start picking up there I guess eight days now that god that goes fast but <laughs> but like if, if you're Bears general manager Ryan Pace or Brent, general manager Brad Spielberger like what's 
what's your plan there? I mean, is it is it extend Hicks and Fuller? Are there other cuts that you're looking to make? Bigger picture, like where what are your first steps? Yeah, so first and foremost, I would just restructure the contracts of Eddie Jackson and probably Cody Whitehair. Um, so what a restructure is, is you simply convert base salary. Salary gets paid all in 2021. You convert that into a bonus. And just like we talked about with Kyle Fuller, you know, you push that money down the line. Um, don't need void years for Jackson and, and Whitehair. They're under, you know, real contract years for, for four total seasons. So um, I, I clear up, you know, I want to say about it's about 10.1 million. I clear up with those two moves, um, you know, good chunk. And then I do think you, you look to cuts. Um, you know, I think Bobby Massey makes a lot of sense. Uh, another thing I'll say I, I'm, I react crazily to is you can't cut both tackles, both starting tackles in yeah. offseason, at least in my opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you do, you better have a great backup plan and, and something you know already already worked out. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I think Leno sticks. But Massey, and then I do think they still ultimately move on from Jimmy Graham. Maybe it's a pay cut if he can uh, allegedly work this magic and convince Russell Wilson to, to join us in Chicago. Um, but I think, yeah, at the least a pay cut there. Um, if, a, if you caught him, you save seven million. Uh, maybe you cut, you know, split that in half, split the difference, save three and a half million, um, and keep him around if you love him that much. Which you know, it seems they they might. Do you think the franchise tag for Allen Robinson would be a significant, or I guess, how much of a financial hurdle does that become? Because I guess when I think about it, you know, it's the eighteen million dollar number, but a contract extension gives you a little bit more flexibility in terms of like that year one cap hit. So I guess. As these Bears teams stand out, do you, do you feel like they have – do you think it's it's reasonable to expect them to be able to fit a franchise tag in with all the other moves right now? You know, I do think it's a rare offseason where a player almost has leverage by the fact that, um, you know, an $18 million franchise tag, essentially 10% of the cap potentially, maybe a, you know, a hair under that if the cap is around $185 million, something like that. But when, on a team that already, as we've discussed, you know, has a couple big contracts and, and is not in the best situation – there's a bit of leverage where, you know, you could argue from Robinson's camp, like uh, we're doing not doing a favor, of course, but, you know, in a way we're helping you out and it, it would make things more difficult, and more challenging to carry this large number. Because like you said, you could get that down, you know, pretty darn low, maybe seven, eight million in an extreme sense, maybe 10 million still. And you're saving eight million um, in cap space. So it's, it's doable. Yes, they would have to kind of make all the moves I just mentioned and maybe a couple more. Uh, maybe restructure Khalil Mack as well. Maybe, you know, then you do cut Jimmy Graham and, and a couple other moves potentially. Um, but it's definitely doable. Um, but, yeah, I think in a way an extension, I mean, I think it makes sense for a lot of reasons, but that's just another one to, you know, kind of throw on there. But, like, could you fit Russell Wilson's cap hit and Allen Robinson on the franchise tag? I mean, you could you could fit both those, but then, like, could you do both those and still have money to re-sign other players and bring in other outside free agents? Like, how... How hamstrung do you get at that point? Yeah, so if you trade for Russell Wilson, um, he comes with a $19 million cap charge to a new club. Um, but but because he has additional years in his deal, you could you know restructure, as we just discussed, with other deals um, and push money down the line and you know drop that cap hit by maybe you know $10 plus million. Um, you know, so you could definitely fit both. Um, but then it's like, yeah, you're probably – it's definitely difficult at that point to probably add much more beyond that. Um, you still probably have to, again, kind of, you know, restructure more guys or make a couple more tough cuts. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it would be tough because teams also like to have a little bit of space, you know, for operating room in the, during the season. Um, obviously, these are less important, you know, financial decisions, but they, they have neither special teams player under contract. They don't have also not just the kicker and the punter, but pretty much every guy that logs snaps there um, is, is a free agent this year. Um, it, again, small things, but, you know, it does add up if you, if you have, a, you know, all of them, which, which is the case with the Bears. So. 
it gets really tough at that point. And that's where you say, okay, like extend Robinson, you know, would, it would help a lot there. What about Robert Quinn? Obviously with the guaranteed money built into that deal, they can't just cut him. But if you start to push some of that money back, you're extending the amount of time you are for, I mean, realistically they could maybe cut him after next season and save some money. Like, if you're GM, I guess, obviously there are things you can do with that contract, but you're balancing a couple of things there. Would you do anything with that dealer? Or, or if you're in charge, do you kind of just have to eat that cap number for 2021 and roll with whatever he's going to give you on the field? Absolutely, you cannot restructure this contract. So this would be like a litmus test, I would say, for how aggressive and job savvy is the GM being, you know, I'm trying to be nice here, or not, because this is like a no-brainer, cannot do this move just because you have no reason to believe that you should be at, you know, like you said, kicking more money down the line, which means like it's harder to get him off your roster next year. Um, you know, if, if you cut him this year, you have almost $24 million in dead money um, because his base salary, his entire $11.5 million base salary is fully guaranteed. And um, then he still has about $12 million left in, in you know, bonus proration from signing bonus and, and otherwise. So you, you get through one more season, then you cut him and you save about $6.7 million, you know, decent savings, even with a decent dead money chunk. Um, it, it's palatable. So if you create, you know, basically, let's say if, if they converted 10 million of this, you know, 11 and a half and, and kicked it over four years, you know, that would be two, two and a half million in the four years remaining in his deal. They would clear seven and a half million in space, which is great and all. But then all you're all you're doing is, you know, next year, it's, you know, you're adding seven and a half million in dead money to that 9.3. So you're at 16, you know, 17 million dollars in dead money. Um, and you're no longer saving money over the cap hit. You're, you're now losing a million with a cut of Robert Quinn. So like it's just like a move you cannot make um, if you actually do care about the long-term health of, of this roster, which again is potentially a question. What do you do with Charles Leno's contract? I, I I'm with you 100%. You can't just cut both offensive tackles in one offseason. It's just it's not realistic to be able to replace both of those guys. But like Kyle Fuller, he only has void years left after this year. So do you let him play out the year, or, or I mean, is it weird to? extend him and it, which almost feels like a reward what, what are you doing with Charles Leno if you're cutting Bobby Massey instead yeah so this one I don't know that I look to extend um you know I, th- I think Leno's an okay player uh, I think he's a in the you know 16 to 22 range of, of NFL you know tackles which yes like you can potentially upgrade or, or get young there whatever the case may be but and he's never going to be you know a top five left tackle may, you know maybe not even going to be a top you know seven eight guy at, at any point but He's got a pretty high floor and an expensive and difficult to find position um, to find. But so I think you restructure here. Um, if not, maybe try to approach him about a pay cut. Um, we saw Minnesota do it last offseason with their left tackle, Riley Reef. You know, they basically said trying to fit Yannick and Gakwe's, you know, deal on, you know, late in the offseason. They said, we don't have you know room. We need you to take a small pay cut. He obviously was, you know, didn't love it and was allowed to shop a trade. Um, but you know, that they could not find a partner, um, that being, you know, him and his agent couldn't find a you know, trade partner. And I, I don't know that any team it's possible, but I don't know that any team would maybe trade for Charles Leno either. Um, you know, so maybe you go that route as well, but I think most likely you just restructure, you know, kick some money down the line as we've discussed, you know, a couple of times, um, cause the, the dead money there is not big for, for 2022. Uh, you know, when his deal voids, it's not, it's not a big deal at all. So you can, you can increase that number a little bit. And then if he does have a good year, maybe then look to extend. But yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's smart to extend him. Like you said, at this after last season, I don't think you want to reward that with an extension, uh, but also don't want to cut him for sure. Is there much precedent for restructuring a player in a contract year going into void years? Because you wouldn't, it, would, it feels weird coming to him and saying, hey, like, 
we, we want to push some of your money into the future, but we don't want to necessarily ensure that you're going to be here for those years beyond this year. Like, is that more common than I think? Because I, I think of restructuring as usually like adding void years almost as opposed to like keeping the same number of void years and just adding more money to them. So I don't want to get too, you know, uh, salary cap nerdy, but this is cool. This is like an interesting space. And I guess cool, maybe not the right word for some <laughs> uh, besides myself. But um, this is essentially a, 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 a common thing um, in probably, yeah, I don't know, 90, 95% of, of veteran contracts is that you have automatic conversion rights. So you're actually allowed to, as a club, unilaterally um, do what, what we call a simple restructure, which is you're not cutting any money out. They're just getting you know, base salary converted into a bonus like we discussed, then you push down the line. Um, you actually do not need the players, you know, uh, consent to do that in, in, the, in the majority of contracts. Adding void years in the first place, they do have to sign off on. So it's, a, it's like an extension. It has to be both parties come to the table and agree, even if all you're doing is adding void years to just hold more money. Um, but because they're already there, um, the Bears can just restructure, you know, I assume, I don't, I don't know that, you know, the fine print of his deal, but I would assume they can unilaterally restructure that deal as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's the kind of the you know the nerd twerk of the day for you there. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. That's exactly what we bring you on for. But I'm I'm curious to kind of figure out how all these pieces are supposed to fit together for the Bears this offseason and all these moving parts with quarterback and wide receiver discussions happening outside the organization and all these internal moves still to be made. We'll get Brad's predictions, his take, his thoughts on where this Bears team will go next on Locked On Bears. March is officially bracket season, which means it's time to find out the best of the best. Because we've been telling you about Built Bar for a while now. We know it's the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and of course, amazing taste, all covered in 100% chocolate on every single bar. But now it's time to find out which of the Built Bars is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. We're going through the matchups of all of our favorite flavors. Today we've got two great matchups. We've got Apple Almond Crisp versus the Churro Puff, and then we have Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry, which is just an incredible first-round matchup. Between Apple Almond Crisp and Churro Puff, you can't go wrong with the apple flavor, but Man, when you get the churros in the Built Bar Puff forms, it's this extra chewy cinnamon deliciousness that's going to get my vote. And then peanut butter brownie versus raspberry is really a clash of the titans all the way in the opening round. But I find myself something about the chocolate raspberry mix even beats out the peanut butter brownie flavor. That one is tight. And I know peanut butter is going to go far in this bracket as well, but I'm going to give my love here for raspberry. So what you can do is go to BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at built underscore bar to vote on which of these flavors wins this first round matchup. And remember to use the promo code locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We, you know, we talked a lot about pushing the money into the future and it's very convenient to get the savings now and pay later. But, like, do you think it's wise? I mean, obviously, Ryan Pace kind of has different dynamics in terms of saving his job. And, of course, if you if you can get somebody like Russell Wilson, that's maybe a slightly different story. But, like, in terms of the new TV deals and the, the expectation 
that the salary cap was going to go up because I think two years ago, the expectation was that the salary cap was just going to keep going up every year. And then all of a sudden we have a pandemic and the salary cap doesn't go up. And teams like the Bears and the Eagles and the Saints and others are kind of in these difficult salary situations. So, like, what's what's the level of risk there now as we look ahead? Like, is it is it safer now to push things in the future than maybe we thought it was two years ago? So, you know, I would say that the Bears obviously aren't in the greatest situation. But as you mentioned, they obviously, like every other club, was expecting the – Salary cap to continue to go up at the you know the rate it has been, so it could have been around you know 210 million, um, you know this upcoming season. And instead, you know it's around 180, so it's you know 30, 25 to 30 million less than what they were projecting for. Um, so obviously, it makes the situation situation look even worse. But they were being risky for sure. Uh, you know they were I wouldn't say risky. They were kind of leveraging the future a little bit uh, by kind of pushing money into those void years. That, that's really um, not a thing a ton of teams do. The Saints and the Eagles, as you mentioned, who are you know, respectively about 50 million over the cap still, maybe less. They've been making a lot of moves lately, but um, still like significantly over the cap. It's because they've been doing a lot of these void years and, and a lot of these restructures over a number of, of seasons. So the Bears already started doing that. And, and I think most of the guys they've done it with, um, you know, it, it made sense at the time and it wasn't too bad. Like we said, Fuller, you know, might get an extension. So obviously if they do extend him, it, it looks fine that he had those years there, stuff like that. But you know, Danny Trevathan has void years on his deal. Buster Screen had void years on his deal, which kind of makes the dead cap hit this year uh, a little bit more because, you know, than it would have been had they not restructured because obviously you're pushing money down the line uh, that turns into future dead money. So you're kind of already seeing some of the ramifications of doing that a bunch. Um, you know, Bobby Massey is another example where if they, you know, they do decline his option before the, you know, 2021 season, um, you know, then the, the dead money again is about $4 million and it would have been less than that if they hadn't restructured his deal as well. So, um, you know, it's always, you know, a back and forth and all that. They, they can make this work. They can get through it because, yeah, there, there should be or there is some optimism. Um, they, they think it sounds like from, from reports, I think from Pro Football Talk and others like that, the estimate right now is that stadiums will be like three quarters of the way full. So gate revenue should be like, you know, relatively stabilized and or at least, you know, pretty solid. Um, so they're kind of getting back to business as usual in a sense. And they think it'll it'll jump. But you got to be careful. Um, and it's still, you know, not, you know, they probably initially thought, all right, it'll go to 198 to 210 and then maybe then to 225. Um, and, and now it's, you got to think, you know, they, they, they obviously projected things a couple of years out and all of it suppressed now. So you got to be a little bit careful. One thing I forgot to ask you about earlier uh, with when it comes to Russell Wilson, I know, I think, was it the Chicago Tribune or somebody was talking about how when you look at some of the other teams on Russell Wilson's list that, you know, the Saints are in salary cap hell, whereas the Bears, are in less salary cap hell. I guess how how would you compare the Bears, the Saints, and the Eagles in terms of just how rough things are? Are the Bears like noticeably in better position despite being in not great position than like New Orleans? Yeah. So New Orleans is truly in a, in a class of their own. It's how or like what what makes them different? So you know they've been doing this for so long. Um, essentially, what we've discussed, like they they've been pushing money down the line, mostly with Drew Brees, just restructuring over and over and over again. Um, you know, to the point where now he, he, he will have a 20 plus million dollar dead cap hit. And they've been doing that for so many players for so long um, that, that there's just so much cap dedicated to, to in, in previous years, guys not on the roster. And now current guys cap hits are just so large um, because they're always just pushing money further and further down the road on guys. And so they're probably going to continue to do that. Um, but still, I mean, they've already made a series of moves. They already cut um, you know, Nick Easton, they cut their punter, which, you know, obviously is expensive, but he was the highest paid punter in the NFL. 
another useless you know factoid of our, our podcast today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like they've they've already just you know started starting cutting guys and they've already restructured um, Cam Jordan, obviously a very highly paid defensive uh, defensive end. Um, you know they're gonna and they're still fifteen million over. So like some of these moves we've discussed, the Bears are gonna do to get to like level. They've already done, and they're still like not even really close to level. So, um, you know, it's it, it's just it makes things hard. It, like you can get out of it. You can you can continue to push money down the line. And if you know if this offseason was normal, it wouldn't look as bad. But think about it. Like I said, if you add thirty million to their number, they'd still be about twenty million dollars over the cap. Um, you know, again, after already doing a series of moves, and they do not have a you know a quarterback on the roster at this point. So. Um, it, it's just, yeah, it's just a kind of in a class of their own and that they've been, like I said, the bears have started doing this a little bit. They've been doing it forever. So, you know, rarely carry over a ton of space, um, you know, off season to off season, as people know, you can kind of roll over some unused space year to year. So, you know, often tough for them to do that. Um, and, and just, you know, so many mid tier cap hits, like every, every player, it, it seems like is a veteran because they trade up every year. So they, they, they truly have draft classes of four and five guys with regularity, um, and stuff like that tends to catch up. Like you just, you know, not having rookie contracts and, and cheap contracts, um, you know, eventually is just going to make it a little bit harder to get your job done. And, and they have one Super Bowl to show for it 15 years ago. Great job. <laughs> and, well, last thing before I let you go here, as you look at the Bears this offseason, what, what level of activity are you expecting, both in terms of how much they do with their own guys restructuring and trying to create, like what level of, moves for restructuring and cap space creation are you expecting from them and then also based on that what level of outside free agent interest are you expecting or do you think they have to save most of the cap space they create for their own guys and their own contracts and you know the draft and everything else yeah that probably hinges on the what happens at quarterback i would i would guess um not only for the caps number because like i mentioned they could you know get that number lower you know even if they trade for russell wilson they could kick it down but you then have to factor in like, okay, you probably gave up, you know, a bunch of draft capital. So just like I said, you, you maybe don't have your next three first round picks or whatever the case may be. So fewer avenues to, you know, get a good player, you know, on, on a discount deal that you're, you know, generating a lot of surplus value over. Um, and, and so like you have to factor all that. And so at that point, I'm, I'm guessing it's like, all right, we're determining that this roster was, you know, a quarterback away, so to speak, that, you know, the guys we have are good enough. Um, I would still, you know, lump Allen Robinson, who I guess they currently do not have on the roster, but including him, need him as well. Um, but yeah, I think that would pretty much be it. And then they're just adding, you know, just, just, you know, low end roster guys, depth, kind of like your Brent Urbans, like still important players and guys that matter. Your Mario Edwards is, but, but not those two, cause they, they might get paid elsewhere. Um, I don't think Roy Robertson Harris return, uh, returns at this point. You know, I think he's priced himself out like stuff like that. Um, if they don't get a quarterback, you know, I think then, yeah, like you maybe bring more of your guys back or you also, yeah, you look at, um, you know, making a run for, you know, a, a good tight end, maybe a Gerald Everett, Johnny Smith, or, or, you know, go after some receivers, something like that. Um, a Kendrick Bourne from San Francisco, you know, just, you know, mid-tier guys still not, not blowing the doors off, but solid players, um, you know, like a Curtis Samuel, maybe, you know, kind of just spitballing here, but you still aren't going for premier players, I would assume. Um, but, you know, you can make some some minor splashes. Um, but I don't think we'll have – could be wrong. I, I don't don't, so, don't don't know that I predicted the Robert Quinn deal or, or anything like that happening last year, and it did. Uh, but I would guess that they, they kind of operate in that second and third wave of free agency where you just kind of get some, you know, important rotational players, but nothing that, you know, people are going to be 
going nuts over. Well, I know the people are going nuts over Brad Spielberger this time of year. I appreciate you making the time for us, Brad. I'll let everybody know a little bit of what you're working on with free agency and all that over at Pro Football Focus. just want to give you a quick A-plus on that segue there. That was, that was impressive. <laughs> uh, don't think that went unnoticed. Uh, but, yeah, you, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. Um, and, yeah, free agency is obviously you know busy season for me. got a lot coming up your way. Um, you know, we're going to talk about contract predictions. So obviously we can grade the deals afterwards and, and kind of look at how the NFL shakes out um, and kind of how everything unfolds this off season. Um, there's still, you know, will be some, some, I think plenty of activity at the top, even with all the, you know, difficulties we just discussed. I still think teams are going to make splashes for, for big name guys. Um, so it should be interesting. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be weird. And I'm glad we've got a resource like you available to help us sift through it all. Brad, once again, appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll hear you on 670 The Score pretty much every day this week. So I'll, I'll be listening. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again to Brad Spielberger for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. In the coming days, we'll kick up our Bears free agency previews into overdrive, getting you ready for all of the team's different options. We had to start with the salary cap space because that's what comes first. Before they can sign anybody else, before they can even franchise tag Allen Robinson, they're going to have to clear some space to let that all in. And now once those moves start coming through, we'll have a sense of just what they can and can't afford in free agency. And, of course, a quarterback is supposed to fit in there somewhere as well. So we'll keep you up to date with all the latest and greatest surrounding your favorite team. And we'll get through the offseason together, one day at a time, one podcast at a time. And I hope it all just makes it easier for you to bear down.